Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are coming to you live from the soon-to-be frigid Colorado. We got that big cold front coming in. And according to our weather people, they say that it is going to be, it was a high of 50 today, going to be a low of minus 7, and then tomorrow it's going to be a high of 1 degree and a low of minus 16. So when we were praying about moving to Colorado, nobody said this would happen. They said, yeah, it gets cold and and it snows sometimes, but I guess the wind chill with whatever this Arctic front cold, whatever, the wind chill, it could be like minus 30 or 40. And so we're looking for volunteers, maybe Kevin. I don't believe it. So what I want Kevin to do is stand out in the middle of the parking lot with a temperature sensor uh, and hold it up in the wind. And as soon as you get a regular reading, uh, you know, of a couple hours of minus 50, go ahead and text us, and then you're done. And I'm sure I'm sure you could make it through. But hello from uh, live from the studios here uh, in Colorado. We are just a couple days from Christmas. Of course, you guys listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, you're going to hear this after Christmas, but we're recording, we're broadcasting it live on the Grace FM and the Radio by Grace networks right now. And we're taking your calls and your questions. 303 690 or text me directly 720 That's a dedicated texting line. It is a dedicated line for prayer requests 24-7, but when the show is on, you can use it, send a, a note to the show, to the studio here, a prayer request or a question, and if we have um, airtime, like now, there's no phone calls, um, then we go to our our texting, and then we'll fill the time, and we'd love to do that. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions, the phone lines are wide open. I know that it's going to get cold tonight. However, we are going to have service still. It'll be our last midweek gathering of 2022. Uh, and we have a missionary guest tonight from Harrogate, England, uh, that we'll be interviewing and hearing an update, and we'll have some information from them, the Howard family. Uh, we'll be praying together. We'll be singing together. We're going to be looking at the faithfulness of God 
and his utter reliability. Uh, so that'll be our Bible study, and we're looking forward to gathering. So no matter how cold it is, or I guess it's going to start to snow tonight as well, uh, but we're going to be here, because uh, most of us are already here, and I just invite you to end the year uh, on our midweek Bible study in a strong way, and join us. For more information on the church here, watching live, or being here in person, go to Calvary CO. That stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. And uh, yes, we are a Calvary Chapel. Uh, we were planted as Calvary Chapel in Aurora, and just recently added the word church back to our name. And many people are asking why. There are a lot of reasons why, uh, but one of the main reasons was that people did not know we were a church. You know, Calvary Chapel, one of the signs of a Calvary Chapel is a very distinct dove uh, that we used for many years. But did you know most people don't know what that is? So when they're driving by or they see it, they don't know what that is. As a matter of fact, we had people even asking us, why do we use the state of Texas as a part of our logo? Uh, and and so people were driving by or calling us and didn't know we were a church. They thought we were a wedding chapel or even a memorial chapel. And so we prayed, and a few years ago, um, we decided to put the word church back in uh, so that we were, we, we were Calvary Chapel, and then we were Calvary Aurora, and now we're Calvary Church, Colorado. Uh, and we just want to communicate to our community who we are. Uh, we're not ashamed of being a church. Uh, we weren't ashamed before either. Uh, didn't really think it was that big a deal. Um, but then as things change and being able to, to <clears throat> communicate to the, um, to the community of, uh, that we're in, and even on the radio, we, we added the word church. So Calvary Church, but we are still Calvary Chapel. That's our foundation of what the Lord has done, and we're part of the family of churches uh, that started with Pastor Chuck, it's the kind of church I walked into and got saved, uh, and now I get the privilege of pastoring a, a church. Isn't that just the grace of God? 303-690-3000. I'll tell you what, one of the things that we can do today, and if Lord willing we're on the air tomorrow, uh, is that you can call and maybe share something about 2022, uh, about the faithfulness and reliability of God. Um, and Maybe, maybe the Lord did something, maybe you're happy about something, maybe there was victorious. Um, we, we, I can share one right now. We have a brother in the, in the hospital, Calvin, he went for massive open-heart surgery this morning. Uh, the surgery was completed, and we got word that he was waking up from the anesthesia, but then later we got word that he wasn't waking up, so there was an urgent prayer uh, and concern, and then uh, within an hour of that, we, we got word that he is waking up. Uh, so we're very happy with that. He's, he's a little older, uh, faithful brother who oversees our senior life ministry here, is doing an amazing job, wonderful family, love him, his wife, his extended uh, family, his kids, his grandkids, amazing, amazing heritage. Uh, and so we are happy that not only did they fix some of the challenges leading to his heart, but that he is waking up. He's in pain, which, you know, I, I hear... I remember my dad going through this. It's like being run over by a truck, but it's better. It's better than having blocked arteries. So we're grateful. So Calvin, if you're listening to me, if I'm on anywhere near you, 
We're glad you're waking up and can't wait to hear of your recovery and your renewed strength. Also, a shout out to Marilyn. Uh, She's recovering from in between uh, uh, chemo and a shout out to Carol. Uh, We know that you've been battling as well and uh, on the list goes. Um, So bless you guys uh, in listening to the show today. All right, let's go right to the phone lines here in Denver. Ivan, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I just have a question. There's people in my life that say they're saved, and there's people that say they're born again, and they act differently. Um, and I was just wondering if if you have a distinction or if you have a definition that uh, maybe you can clear that up. Sure. Well, I think that it's important to understand that those two words, those two things, saved and born again, are synonymous if they're used in the right way. There is no person that can say they are saved unless they have been born again. It's impossible. No church can save a person. No good deeds can save a person. uh, No creed, no commitment. Only Jesus said, unless a man is born again, uh, he will not see the kingdom of God. And it's in John 3, 3. Here's exactly what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if we're defining those two things properly, they are synonymous with each other. Now, if a person says they are saved, but they are not born again, then they're not saved. If a person says they're saved and believes that uh, they need to keep some kind of law to be saved, like if they if they choose any other route than the supernatural saving power of God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, a person can't be saved. So the fact that you're seeing different behaviors may or may not indicate that you know, either one of them, you know, because you can say you're born again and not be saved, right? You can say a lot of things. I can say I'm a billionaire, but I'm not. Uh, doesn't make me one. Um, you know, so I think that it really comes down to what Jesus said, you will know a tree by its fruit. And time and testing really reveals what's inside a person, whether they are truly born again or saved or not. Okay. Yeah, I think in my uh, in personal experience, I was raised a Catholic, and I felt like I was saved because I believed, uh, you know, Christ was born in the Virgin Mary, and, you know, he died and rose again, was ascended into heaven. But I was I felt I was born again once I started reading the Bible and practicing the Bible, you know, once I started attending a Calvary Church. Yes. And it was a totally different experience. So and you're describing, was, uh, so, you know, seeing that distinction, you know, if in your circle, those that say they're saved are very religious or attending a, a church that says they're saved by works or involved in the Roman Catholic humanistic religion, you know, man-made religion, then somebody that says they trust in what the Roman Catholic Church teaches uh, and they trust in the sacraments to save them is contrary to what Jesus said. It's not contrary to what I said. Their argument's not with me. They have to wrestle with what the Bible says and what Jesus really said. And and so if that's what you're describing, then yeah, you can tell um, a lot of people today 
and not just Roman Catholicism, I just use that because that's your background, but a lot of people today that would consider themselves in a right relationship with God, but really not be. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, well, great. That answered my question. Okay. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Uh, let's go out to Arkansas now. Karen, welcome to the program. <clears throat> hey, Karen. Uh, my, my question is, I wonder occasionally if, could Judas Iscariot have been redeemed? Could Jesus have saved him ultimately? I know he was remorseful, gave back all that coins. Yeah, that's a great question, because first of all, it takes us into the realm of hypothetical, right? And hypothetical questions really aren't the most helpful questions, because we have to answer it not from what could have been, but what was. And, you know, Judas, I believe, was a human being with a free will, just like you and me, uh, and he had the—nobody made him uh, make the decisions uh, that he made, and the hypothetical for what we know about him, um, because we know <clears throat> that he—we know what he ends up doing, so a yeah. hypothetical answer kind of then would require us to undo what he did, Um and yeah. I mean, of, of course, if Judas made a different decision earlier on, someone else would have uh, betrayed God because, or betrayed Jesus, because that was foreordained; it was necessary. Um, yeah. However, to apply it to Judas, um, looking at his life, um, we know that he wasn't saved. We know that he wasn't repentant, and we know that he took his own life, dying in his sins. Yes. Okay. All right, well, I guess that answers my question. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, because one of, this, is, this is something that um, has been solidified a little bit more deeper in my, in my thinking to simplify things in my own walk, that you know during COVID, um, there were so many hypothetical questions, so the people—and I know you're not making this, so I'm not comparing to you. I'm, I'm broadening it, this whole—how I, how I sense the hypothetical in questions now, is that so many people were— creating hypothetical scenarios that were taking them away from the reality of the moment. And the Lord helped me as a pastor to really speak to the concern, Karen concerns that were on their heart, but at the same time, remind them of reality. And I think that's sort of how I view, like, yeah, like, wouldn't we want him to be saved? God's not willing that any should perish, uh, that he could repent, but he was also known as the son of perdition, he was, you know, his decision was set. He was a thief. He stole, he, I mean, this guy, even before he betrayed him, he stole from Jesus. And I don't just mean withholding his tithes and offerings. He literally took money that belonged to the Son of God. That's how rotten he was. And there's yeah. no indication throughout his life that he ever repented for anything. Yeah, I just, it's just strange that there in the end, he clearly was, Sorry for that yes. act, that final act. You know, so it just made me think. Hmm. <laughs> and there is, um, there is a sense where any pastor going through that section of that text would would then begin to talk about repentance versus remorse, 
because a lot of times people confuse remorse and guilt and shame with true godly sorrow. Uh, and, you know, we can, one of the things I would draw out teaching through this is Judas in contrast to Peter. You know, Peter also uh, greatly failed Jesus in a different way, but a great failure nonetheless. But the different responses is that Peter demonstrated a true repentance toward God, which released him from his guilt and shame, whereas Judas found himself feeling bad. I mean, even giving the money back, feeling bad for it, but never really coming to terms with the forgiveness that was available to him, even through his knowledge of the Old Covenant, uh, being able to be covered by the, uh, the Day of Atonement and the scapegoat. And, you know, God was always ready to forgive, but Judas, along with many others, weren't willing to confess and repent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes it clearer to me. Well, thanks for thank calling. You. How's the weather right, in Arkansas right now in hot springs? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to get cool. It's going to get, right, like, is it going to get, like, minus 16 out there? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You guys are going to get it, too? It's, it is going to get very cold oh, well, in one it's, more day. They said the wind chill here is going to be, like, minus 50. That's some of the numbers. Oh, what? amazing. It's that I can't what? imagine. And then be right back up. It, it was a high of 50 today. Like, it was, it was nice. I was outside recently. And you're in Colorado, yeah. I know. I know. Well, bless <laughs> so you guys out there. The Merry Christmas. warming for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Betty Jane, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Merry okay. Christmas. Thank you. Happy New Year. So um, I'm I'm calling to ask for prayer. I um, uh, not only was I um, my job I was terminated from my hospice nursing position, but I um, I applied for unemployment compensation, and the unemployment people uh, through the you know local government or you know state government they denied my claim, and uh, I'm just really in shock. So uh, you know I. I believe that God has a plan. Um, I'm appealing it. I'm spending, you know, $1,000 to get $4,000. And I'm hoping that, you know, God will make a way. All right. uh, Let's pray. Father, I pray for Betty Jane in this very challenging, difficult season that touches every aspect of her life. Um, I think of the challenges financially. Lord, that you would supply all of her needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I think of her challenges employment-wise, Lord, that you would provide an open door for her to work. She wants to work uh, to provide for the needs of her family. I pray, God, for the frustrations that she's feeling with the way she's being treated and her claim being denied and just the over overwhelming spiritual battle that comes during this time, especially coming up with the holidays. So, Lord, encourage her. I pray that moment by moment she might draw her strength from you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Betty Jane, for calling. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, We're going to come back to uh, Denver. Welcome to the program. It is Elizabeth. Welcome to the program. You are on the air. 
I'm sorry, I might have hit the wrong button or you just weren't there. So give me a call. Lines are open. Maybe there's something you want to praise the Lord for it and be able to thank God publicly for the the privilege of knowing the Lord and what a joy it is. The question that came in for the um, for Elizabeth in Denver was about the lineage of Jesus. Why is Joseph mentioned when he isn't actually Jesus' father? Well, Luke, when he records his genealogy, is recording it through Mary. Matthew records the legal father, the legal lineage of Joseph through David's son Solomon. So Luke's following the line of Mary, Jesus' blood relative, through David's son Nathan. And, you know, there's no specific koine word for son-in-law. Joseph was called the son of Heli by marriage to Mary, Heli's daughter. Through either Mary or Joseph's line, Jesus is a descendant of David and therefore eligible to be Messiah. So both sides, even though he is not a blood relative to Joseph, Joseph would then be the legal responsible party uh, and father of his bride's son. So you got both sides recorded for us. It's always a common question around Christmas time. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, 303-690. I see the phone lines are filling up again, so grateful for that. I want to welcome everyone listening to Grace to Calvary Live on Grace FM. That's up and down the front range here in Colorado, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, online around the world at gracefm.com. I want to invite I want to welcome everyone listening on Radio by Grace radio network around the country. Um, that's radiobygrace.com. And then one week delayed, you guys out in hopefm.net, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland, welcome. Truthfm.net, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. And then our friends in Meridian, Idaho, a suburb of Boise on higherrockradio.org. Coming up uh, here now toward the end of the year, a great time to give a year-end gift to local Christian radio please do. Maybe it's a regular ongoing gift, but hitting it before the end of the year will help all our radio stations um, hit our marks and our goals and help us to upgrade. Uh, Last week, uh, our pastor that helped sign the checks was out sick, and I was in. Even though I was a little bit sick, I was in, and I was signing some checks, which I don't do very often because we're like, uh, you know, I don't do that anymore. Uh, the team does, but with sickness and everything, I was the one in the office uh, as the second signature. So I was looking at one of our bills. We get many bills from the phone company, but this was one of them. And I, I don't want to exaggerate. I feel like exaggerating. I'm not going to exaggerate. I was going to say, oh, I fell out of my chair. I felt like fell out of my chair. But I was, I did gasp. That's not an exaggeration. I'm like, what? I haven't seen that bill in a long time. And, uh, you know, I know it covers the church, but also covers Grace FM. We've got to have lines to the to the tower and backup lines and this line, that line, on and on and on. And it was outrageous. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is outrageous. But that's the price of phone lines and and all the stuff that we do here. And 
I know the Lord's going to provide, and one of the main ways he provides is through faithful men and women like you that give. And I, we only have two stations that cover this area. Um, you know, Radio by Grace has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, at least twenty-one states. And I know that they have more stations than that, but let's just say twenty-one stations. So they've got twenty-one bills, and they're you know some full power, some low power, but it doesn't matter. They have a full staff. Um, and Hope FM, same thing. Truth FM, although they don't have as many stations. Let me just say it this way. Give uh, a, a year-end gift to this local station you're listening to. So whoever you're listening to, whatever station you're listening to right now, when this show's over and they identify themselves, go to the website, and if the Lord's leading you, um, <clears throat> and the Lord will uh, honor that, we'll use it for His glory, we'll pay our bills, we'll expand always looking to add another station here in Colorado. I know Radio by Grace is still building out the network, and they need every penny. Um, Hope FM and Truth FM are always looking to expand. I'm pretty sure, uh, I need to verify this, but I heard Truth FM is adding stations. Uh, and and so it's just an exciting time to be used to the Lord and, and uh, grateful that you can partner with us. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number, and then of course text us, 720-336-0897. All the lines were flashing, but now they're not anymore, so we're waiting for you to call. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. We will be here for church tonight. We're going to be gathering We'll be gathering while it's warm and then leaving while it's cold, but it will be our last midweek gathering of the year before the Christmas holidays and the staff gets the week off. And we'll be here tonight studying Genesis chapter 21. We'll be worshiping together. We'll be praying together. We also have an update from missionaries from Harrogate, England. Uh, The Howards will be here. So I'll be doing a short interview with them talking about what the Lord is doing in their lives. Uh, And so come on out, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. All the information, how to find us, calvaryco.church. It's time to get into a church, time to get back to church. In these days in which we live, the Lord is moving, but we got to be serious. Like, that's the thing. There needs to be a seriousness about your relationship with the Lord, friend. It, it you, I, I, I don't know how that hits, uh, but however it hits, take it to the Lord. So, you know, if it hits, like, but I am being serious, the Lord, I've been, this has been the best year ever walking with the Lord. And I say, yes, that's how we want it to hit. But then if you're like defensive or you're concerned or, you know, you're, um, whatever, whatever you, however it hits, take it to the Lord uh, and let him do for you what you're not able to do for yourself. But get serious. If you're a dad, get serious. You're a mom, get serious. You're married, get serious. As a matter of fact, when we get back, I'm going to read a list of you, you married couples, of 10 things. Uh, It's 10 ways to put some spark back in your marriage. 10 ways to put some spark 
back in your marriage. But I'm going to wait till after the break to share these 10 things. And, and then maybe you put them into practice and then call me back next year after a couple weeks and let's see what the Lord has done. So I'll give you these 10 things when we get back and I'll also recommend a book to you uh, that will bless you if you are a married couple. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. You hear the music. This is Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's program. It's the second half, uh, the last midweek Bible study of the year here at Calvary is today. We talked about maybe canceling it because of a busy weekend, and um, but we decided to have it um, because we're not going to be here next week. Uh, the team is uh, getting a week off, a much-deserved week off here, and because we're not going to be here next week, we decided to have service tonight. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, looking at the promise Isaac coming to Abraham and Sarah, and just uh, I titled the message something like, God's Faithful and Utterly Reliable. And he is, even if you have to wait 25 years for God's promise to come to pass, like Abraham did, um, even with all the ups and downs. And so I, I'm looking forward to sharing that tonight and also interviewing. Uh, we have missionaries in town from Harrogate, England, uh, that will be here tonight, the Howard family, and we're going to talk a little bit with them. And, and our prayer requests will be surrounding their ministry and just what God is doing through them, not only in England, but also the much, a lot of what they're doing in Ukraine and uh, in other countries, a just very fruitful family, uh, so it's good to have them uh, and interview them. We always love to have our missionaries. A couple weeks ago, we had um, Kenny Niesel. Uh He's on furlough from South Africa, Cape Town. We had him up briefly uh, as well to give an update of what God's doing in his life, so um, love to have our missionaries, just what God wants to encourage you uh, not only to support missions, but to be a missionary. You can be a missionary by going. You can be a missionary by sending. You can be a missionary by giving. Uh, and, you know, the Lord will just bless it. I know it. I know he will. It'll be encouraging. 303-690-3000. We're going to come back to Denver here. Patrick is in Denver. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Hello. Hi. You're on. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. You're on the I, air. Thank you. So my question was about righteousness, Pastor. Sure. Okay. Um. So in the Bible it says that none are righteous, only God. Sure. And um, in like uh, when Abraham is debating with uh, the angels, he's saying that if there's ten or fifty in in Sodom and Gomorrah, would you would you kill the righteous with them? But like. There was really none righteous because even Lot sinned after they were saved, drank and got. Of course. 
So I don't know why we would even use righteousness for, for people or humans, mankind. Well, I want, I want you to think about the significance of language and how important it is that we understand the context when a word is used, right? Because even in the English, uh, you could say that I, I, I'm married, so I can say I love my wife. Um, I like candy, so I can say I love candy. Uh, and the Dodgers are the absolute best baseball team ever, so I can say I love my Dodgers. But I'm using the same word, but the context is very different. I mean, unless I love my wife like I love candy, like I love the Dodgers, then I'm in trouble. Um, but I'm not using the word that way because context is everything. And so when you're when you're looking at the significance of Abraham's intercession in Genesis chapter 18, he is, I believe, with full knowledge, recognizing that when he's interceding for these 50 righteous, he is pleading with them um, for the idea of a distinction between those that have no relationship with him and those that do. And the Hebrew word here, I can do a quick uh, I did a quick lookup. I, I can do this on my computer. I can just right-click a word and look it up. This word could better be translated innocent. And again, even you can make the same point, like obviously no one is innocent, but he's making a contrast between the inhabitants of Sodom and the deep, deep wickedness that were were within the inhabitants of Sodom and those that were not there was those that were not deeply wicked. If there was anyone there that had any kind of loyalty to them, but he's using the word righteous as a as a demonstrative, like an idiomatics phrase. He's not speaking of the perfection that God alone possesses. So think of righteous here, upright. Some some synonyms: just, innocent, in the right. But really, the significant of this significance of this word is really in the sense of their distinction um, that's different from the inhabitants. Like they aren't—if there's any—another way of thinking of this, and I, um, I'm getting this thought from the Word Study Dictionary, um, that someone or something that's considered to be just or righteous because of conformity to a given standard. So think of it as a distinction of, you know, if there's anyone that hasn't conformed to the standard of Sodom's sin, is there anyone that that's worth saving? Anyone, God, that you uh, are—that would not be, like, in rebellion against you, um, wholeheartedly separate from your, from your covenant? He's not using this word— if there's anyone perfect like you, God, save them, um, because you're right. The Bible's very clear, and in, in not only in, in theo- theologically, but also practically, that there is no one righteous, not even in Sodom. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. You okay? One more. You no, know, it just made me like, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, okay, good. It is beautiful. Um, one more question. Yeah. What does he mean by peradventure? Like, he goes, peradventure. Um, you're talking Old King James, huh? Let me see. Let me look it up in the Old King James. What verse are you looking at? Do you know? It's, it's when uh, Moses, uh, Abraham's asking the Lord, saying, peradventure, if, you know, if there would be anybody innocent, could you save them too? Yeah, I'm thinking that the word, that peradventure is just an old way of saying, if you would. 
Um, okay. but, but let me just look it up because I want to see how they pr- translate it. So let me see. Pre-adventure, is that how it is? I haven't used, I haven't read in King James Bible in so long. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm in the King James and I'm in chapter 18. Men rose up. I know the command is children's sight. Uh, let's see here. Okay, here we go. Peradventure, uh, the Greek, the Hebrew word there is perhaps. Perhaps. That's how okay. we would use. That's probably a common word that we use today. It just, you know, um, would you? Uh, maybe there are like I'm. I'm reading here in verse 29. He spake unto him a yet again and said, peradventure there shall be forty found there. So um, in verse 29 in the New King James. It says, suppose there are five less than 50 righteous, would you destroy the city for lack of five? And then in the New Living, it says, suppose there are 45 righteous people rather than 50. So perhaps or suppose is that that word means. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome, my brother. Merry Christmas. Bless you. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. You know, when I was in Bible school many, many years ago, uh, they had us study the King James-only arguments and l- looking at the uh, different manuscripts, the two big sets of manuscripts, as well as some of the modern translations. And we had to write papers. It was a whole... It was our part of our inductive Bible study training and we had to write quite a few papers on the topics, and one of them was making a case for using a modern translation. And I didn't pick up on peradventure, obviously, but that this is a good example of the language changes over time trying to grasp the essence of a situation, but language changes in how it's used, and I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever used that word in my entire life. Um, but I have used perhaps or suppose um, before, and and so that was part of it. But the word that I the word in my paper that I used was propitiation, uh, and I started uh, I made the point that you know it, one of my points was I probably have to look and see if I still have that paper somewhere. Um, that was the days before you did it on computer, um, so I typed it. <laughs> I might have put it on an old dot matrix printer, but I digress. Um, but the the point I made was, you know, propitiation uh, is not a common word. So now I'm reading the Bible, then I have to look up Bible words, then I have to look up English words uh, instead of allowing scholars that this is the space they live in their entire life, take that essence of the Greek word or the Hebrew word and give me a modern-day understanding. And I landed in the New King James, which uses both sets of manuscripts, footnotes the differences, and stays very close to the King James, which is what my pastor used until he recently retired. Um, and he, he didn't retire from ministry, he's just moving on from being senior pastor and is going to be doing more ministry in Israel. At any rate, go back to the phone lines. Hudson, Colorado. Austin, welcome to the program. Uh, you're on the air, um, Hudson, or Austin. My question is, so on the Internet, thank God, um, people are being able to use it a lot for ministry, Yes, which is amazing because it's reaching a ton of people. But people being people, it, it seems that there's started to be a lot of argument, but unfortunately, between Christians. 
on whether or not you can lose your salvation over things like, is his name Jesus or Yeshua? Um, and just that sort of narrative. Um, so what is your answer to, can you lose your salvation? My answer is no. I mean, they do a really good job of convincing you that you can't. And it seems legalistic, but they do such a excellent job of bringing scriptures up. Yeah, there, there are definitely scriptures that talk about persevering. Uh, there are scriptures that talk about if. Um, there are strong warnings, uh, even some challenging scriptures in Hebrews. And w- I, I can always tell a person that's rest- that uses uh, a series of proof texts to make a point, especially on this particular topic, I can always tell that they really are misunderstanding the nature of God uh, when they're making their arguments, and I can just dismiss them very quickly. I'm not saying that the scriptures don't have challenges, but I before I get I don't I don't let challenging scriptures define my theology. I let the scriptures that make sense define my my theology, and let them inform the more challenging scriptures rather than letting one challenging scripture undo the totality of scriptures. For example, let's just talk for a moment about the nature. Of salvation, something that is received through a born again experience with Jesus, on receiving the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. So let's just ask a couple easy questions, and I want you to answer them. Will you do that? I'm gonna. I know you called to ask me questions, but I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. Are you willing to answer them? Okay. Okay. Number one, is salvation eternal? Yes or no? Yes. One hundred percent, yes. One hundred percent, yes. Is eternal? Does eternal ever end? No. So you've received something that never ends. Number one. Number two. A person that's saved must be born again. John three three. Is that correct? Yes. Is there ever an example that you can think of right now in the Bible? Anyone, at any time becoming unborn again. Of a person themselves becoming unborn again? Yes. No. I haven't found one yet either. Uh, And neither have I found someone born again, unborn again, born again, unborn again, never in the Scriptures. Thirdly, and this is a little tricky, but follow me, Jesus gave a parable that we often remember as the parable of the prodigal son. But I'd like to suggest to you that a better title for that prodigal would be the prodigal of the faithful father, because really the highlight in that parable should be the father's faithfulness toward his son. Are you familiar with that parable? Yes, sir. The son wishes his dad is dead so he can get his inheritance, takes his money, leaves, spends it all in riotous living, that's what prodigal means loses his friends, and all of that up to that point where he's feeding the pigs. Uh, A good Jewish young man now picked up a job feeding pigs, which is unclean. In all of that behavior, did he ever stop being a son? No. It's impossible. You can't become an unson. He can declare, I don't want your house. I don't want you as my dad. I don't care. Give me my money. I'm going to go party. 
but he never stopped. He never stopped being a son because that was his nature. He didn't become a son and he was unsung because of his behavior and then became a son. He would it would have never been a prodigal son had he not been a son. So I'm going to ask another question that maybe the text doesn't completely answer, but I think generally it does. Did the father ever stop loving the son? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. The text doesn't really say one way or another if he had a bad day or anything. But by the end of the story, we see that his son was embraced with the arms of love, which kind of informs how the father was waiting for his son to come back all along. And I'm not saying he didn't have laughs where he was upset or anything. He was human. But I believe that he demonstrated a general continual love for his son, no matter what his son did. And all of that is, if we approach the, the topic with a bunch of proof texts, and what about this text, and what about that text, and then, yeah, I guess we're going to come to some conclusions like, well, I guess that verse can be used to describe um, somebody losing their salvation, I guess, if you want to use it that way. But if we approach the Bible as a revelation of the character and the nature of God, and we approach the Bible in a relational, not just a transactional way, how can we not see that when God gives something, what he has begun, he is faithful to complete it? That even in the Old Covenant, the the psalmist said that God will perfect that which concerns me. This is the character of God. This is the eternal character of God that even if we walk away from him as a, as a son or a daughter, he loves us, pursues us, and sends the Holy Spirit to bring us back. Now, we were talking about uh, some people today, even in our staff meeting, and I'll close with this and then you can respond, but people we've served with before, people that were here in this church that are no longer here, some are avowed atheists now, some have taken a position against God, against us as a church, against church in general, against Calvary Chapel, on and on. They've picked all kinds of things. And like, man, they've stood in the pulpit here before. They've served in ministry here before. Like, like what about them? And I say, well, I don't know about them. Um, maybe they're prodigal. Maybe they were never saved to begin with. I don't know. Maybe they are saved, but they're just angry right now. I don't know. I don't know the condition of them, but I do know this. If they're born again, the behavior that's coming through their lives right now is not consistent with them being born again, and they God is wooing them back. If they're if they're if this behavior just showed that they were never saved to begin with, then we can evangelize them and they get saved. But all I know is the end result makes me sad. It bums me out. But their salvation's not my deal. It's God's deal, and I'm going to leave it with Him. Amen. So well, I got one you, more sir. word for you. You ready? Okay. Stop watching weird YouTube videos. They're just going to jack your head up. Okay. I tr- trust me. Trust me on that. Like, listen to people you can trust. Listen to people that are reliable, and don't go searching for this stuff, because you're right. There's some strong arguments. Um, still even people yelling at their radio right now, I don't believe you, Ed, that's not true. Like, I get it, there's a lot of controversy on this, but we don't have time for controversy. We've got to be about our Father's business, and you'll just save yourself a lot of angst if you stay away from that and listen to people you trust. The days grow short, and Jesus' salvation is all that matters in the end anyway. I agree. So bless you, brother. 
Merry uh, Christmas. Right. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Yeah, I had uh, quite a few. Actually, I've been asking people from the pulpit from through all COVID, don't send me videos, don't send me videos, don't send me videos. But people still send me videos uh, from YouTube. Watch this. What do you think about this? And my answer is always the same. I'm sorry. I do not have time to watch these videos, and you shouldn't have time either. I just don't have the time. I can't watch your 40. I mean, can you imagine if I get one a day, 45 minutes a day and listening to some guy or some gal with some weird thing? I don't know who they are. I don't know. And even some of the people, we do know who they are. Um, you know, I can just say I, I, I already know that guy's theology. I don't agree with him. Doesn't mean we're not going to be in heaven together. He might be right. I might be wrong. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I just want to be about my father's business. And the Lord has been dealing with me. Uh, really deeply on this topic. Maybe we could do talk about this in the in the the um, new year. But God has just been really dealing with me about my opinions and you know just stuff that I just got to be about my father's business. I got to be ministering to people. I got to be praying for guys like Cal. I got to be taking care of the team here. I got to be uh, serving the Lord and just keeping my opinions to myself. And just being about my father's business in the word. Um, not that I don't have opinions, um, but I, but but what difference does they, do they make? What does the word of God say? It's the words of Jesus that give life. And the body of Christ is much bigger than my narrow understanding of things. Uh, and I know that God's expanding uh, my understanding. And don't misunderstand that. Like, I'm not abandoning sound, sound doctrine or or the fundamentals of the faith, but I'm also understanding that um, I'm most effective, and I'm speaking for me, but also for us, right? We are most effective when we are taking people God's Word, pointing them, like this topic of salvation. I don't know what that person said on the video, and it, you know, I, I don't agree with them, whatever they said. But what does the Bible talk about? You know, what does the Bible talk about? What's eternal salvation? Does that mean temporary? I mean, if it means temporary and salvation dependent upon our good works, then we are toast. We'll never make it. Never make it. Because there isn't a moment in time when sin hasn't wrecked us. There isn't a moment in time where sin hasn't separated us from God. It doesn't matter how good we are. It's only the pure righteousness of Jesus they can radically transform our lives. Salvation doesn't depend on our, upon our good works or any of our works. Neither does it depend upon our bad works. Salvation starts and ends and continues in the grace of God, the grace of God. So maybe the Lord's been ministering to you. And I don't just mean now opinions with COVID and conspiracy theories or even some conspiracy theories that have some facts. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about biblical like all the, we as believers, uh, there was a brother on the radio years ago that talked about in-house debates. And I think this brother loved the in-house debates. Um, he made a living out of them. <laughs> um, but let's, let's be about our Father's business, loving, serving, loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, loving neighbors ourselves. And even if we have to deliver a hard truth, let's deliver it in love. Let's speak the truth in love. And let's not let the world redefine love. Love is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the epitome of love. Um, but let's do it in such a way where we find God using us in greater ways. Okay, we're coming back to Longmont now. 
Beth has been waiting patiently. Uh, Beth, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. You might remember me. Um, I have a story. I left California about a year ago, and I moved to Colorado to be near my sister. And I had left a marriage and what I now know to be a cult religion Mm. back in California. Yes. Full of false false teaching. And um, the Lord's been really, really awesome in my, you know, working in my life. And I do believe that um, all of this is happening for a reason and that He's going to be glorified in the end. I know that in my heart. Um, since I moved here, I joined a church and I worked with the pastor on trying to get my thinking changed on certain topics like the Trinity and the deity of Christ. And I really, um, think I'm doing well, but then there's days where I'm just like, what, you know, I just kind of go down a rabbit hole and I think, am I doing this right? Am I believing rightly? Um, and I really feel like the Lord's been saying to me lately to just lay that all down and just focus on a relationship with Jesus. And But I get afraid, like, am I just making that up in my head because I'm tired? <laughs> you know, or is it really from the Lord? How do we know, like, when it's time to just settle down? Or, you know, is this from the Lord? Is it from my own head, you know? Yeah. So, Beth, are you Jennifer's sister? Yes. Okay. So I got the right person in mind so I can track with what God has really done in your life. So let's start there. Um, because I know you, and I've observed you, and I've watched you, you've come a long way. Yeah. And I think you... I think you know that. Maybe sometimes you doubt that because things get ingrained in our thinking. They get ingrained in our habits. Uh, they get ingrained in our people pleasing. You know, th- this was a multi tentacle, painful process for you. And look how far you've come. Yeah. And be sure that that becomes the the main part of how you approach this real challenging season that God's delivered you from, number one. But number two, I, th- I think you're on to something. Um, I'm finding, uh, even in my own life, uh, the older I get, uh, the more simple I want to be. But I have a very complicated mind. You know, anyone that knows me or serves with me, you know, I, I, I get the same kind of feedback. I've never served with anyone like you. Um, and basically, this guy, you're just a really complicated dude, or you overthink things, or a variety of ways that are describing the uniqueness of how God made me. And and some of it is absolutely from him, and some of it I've overcomplicated. I make things bigger than they are. I think too much. I, I, I sin, and I think that when I recognize the areas of sin in my life and I deal with them properly by confessing them, repenting of them, asking God to change me, it brings about a simplicity. But one thing that I did, and I'm, you probably have already done this, but one thing I did years ago that has helped me, and I just recently hit some real challenging things in the last month or so, and I did it. I did this exact thing, is I, I just start over in my mind. I just pause in my devos, everything I'm reading, all the stuff that I've been so... And I go back to the Gospels, whichever Gospel I need, which generally is the Gospel of John, because the Gospel of John is written so that you might believe in the Son of God, you know, and so that he's so that Jesus is lifted up as the Son of God that he is, and the seven I am statements and and the ministry that he does. Like I go back to John and I just read it in a very simple way. I read it, I I, I read it, at least I attempt to as a new believer. I just following Jesus around, listening to him, watching him, letting what he says startle me not trying to explain it away with some theological answer or just like, man, that's, 
This guy made water. He made wine out of water. Let's just let that sit for a second. You know, like we have all these, well, what if this and what? No, this just, this guy was at a wedding and they ran out of wine and he took water and made it wine. Like that's a startling thing without all my religious preconceptions or anything and just sit there and think about it for a while um, and let it sit. Let, let the, like if I was with him, it's like, man, what is he doing? And this was his first sign too. So like this would have been the first time that, that boom, it just pops out. And so, yes, it is okay to be simple, but for you, you also have to be careful that you don't go into the realm of self-condemnation because that's pride. So you don't want to match sin for sin, right? You want to confess the complexity of your life, the difficulty of your life, even mixed with your sinful responses and you want to bring that to the Lord and humble yourself before him and live as simple as possible. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, and just confess that you're overcomplicating it or confess that sometimes you might idolize knowledge or who knows, you know, whatever it is, but confession and repentance is the way out. So I agree with you. You're on the right track. Yeah. You hear the music. If you want to pick up tomorrow, call me back. We can, you can follow up with any questions tomorrow. Gotta go. Bye-bye. See you guys tonight, 7 p.m. We went right into the music, but I wish that would I would have got that call earlier. See you tonight at 7, calvaryco.church. Stay safe with all this cold. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.